Welcome to This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Please enjoy your session. Oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know that I got a new microphone? <laughs> I'm such a fucking loser. Oh, my goodness. Thank God nobody listens to this because this shit is embarrassing. Guys, I got a new microphone. Um, it's straight out of the Oops, I Did It Again tour, Britney Spears, circa 2001. It is everything I want in this life. I'm just going to walk around my house with this thing strapped to me at all times. It's so good. I look like if Britney Spears met an air traffic controller, met like somebody at a call center customer service for Dell support. Like this is ridiculous, but hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of this is cheaper than therapy. Uh, this is Gina speaking and also speaking of Britney Spears. I saw it, you saw it, the whole world has seen it. That Britney Spears documentary, oh my God, heartbreaking. This woman is being held captive in her house. Send in the Navy SEALs, send in the National Guard. We need to airlift that bitch out of there. She is being held hostage and I am convinced she is also being drugged. I'm sorry, but... I've seen Britney Spears in concert. I am a Britney Spears stan. There is no way that that is a normal, unmedicated human being. I am not making fun of her. Clearly, there are some deeper issues going on. But God damn, someone get her out of there. That documentary was seriously wild. I didn't think it was that bad. I, you know, saw the 2007 breakdown. She loves an umbrella. She loves a good buzzer. Um, we all saw it, right? That documentary shed so much light on the reasons behind all of that. Truthfully, the fact that she's under a conservatorship is just, is absolutely absurd. I think at one point during, I think at one point during the documentary, even the lawyer that was, on the conservatorship side of the legal battle was like, this is not a warranted conservatorship. There are such high standards to be met for a conservatorship. And he's like, she does not meet them. This is a business arrangement um, that benefits pretty much everybody else in her life except for her. And good for her for standing up to, for, for herself. Good for her for putting her foot down and being like, I'm not a performing monkey in heels. You will not get another dime out of me, dad, until you get me out of this bullshit. This is ridiculous. You don't deserve to be running my life. I'm a whole grown-ass human being, and my heart honestly breaks for her. Free Britney, y'all. Am I the only one that's getting these ads from Wish.com? Like, they need to come down. Oh, my God. There's, like, so many things in here. There's, like, dildos that are shaped like Buddha. There's, there's teeth. There are weaves that look like my life-size Barbie. Just Someone just chopped off her head and scalped her. Horrible. There are elf ear prosthetics. There are teeth. There, like, who is buying this shit? There is supply for this because there is demand for this. This is absolutely insane. I Maybe it's based on my search history. Is that why I'm seeing this crazy shit? I did recently Google... I eat ass, rough and rowdy. If you know, you know. I don't think I'm into weird shit, guys. Um, it was, if you don't know what rough and rowdy is, it's like this off-brand pro wrestling style, like, production. Um, and they've got all kinds of crazy characters on there. And one of the characters' names was I eat ass. And he was fighting some other dude. And I didn't get to see it. And I had to see him get knocked out. Because who doesn't want to see a guy named I eat ass get knocked the fuck out? Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We actually have a lot to unpack. Uh, speaking of dildos, we're going to be talking about some other things that came out of my vagina. And by other things, I mean my two children. Today I'm going to be telling you my birth stories um, I think during quarantine there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of fucking happening, and I know that a lot of people came out of 2020 with a negative COVID test, but a positive pregnancy test. And I have seen 
probably more pregnancy announcements than I have ever seen in a single year in 2020. So I don't know. Maybe that's what the world is on right now. We're just everyone's getting pregnant and people are coming out of people and it's a mess. So I'm going to share with you guys my birth story. I have two kids. Um, two little girls. They're 18 months apart. I had them both naturally, and by naturally, I mean vaginally, and also without medication, which some people were like, why on God's green earth with all of this wonderful Western medicine would you ever decide to put your body through such excruciating pain? You know what, guys? That's a really, really good question. I don't know what it made me decide that I wanted to have natural births, but truthfully, I am so, so glad that I did. There are so many benefits to it, at least from my perspective. My recovery was pretty much non-existent. I didn't tear at all. Nothing adverse happened to my vagina. That shit is right and tight and right as rain. And honestly, I really do owe that to having a natural birth. I could feel everything that was happening. I pushed when my body was telling me to push. I let up when I felt that things were getting too intense. There were so many benefits to it. So let's uh, let's unpack all of this. My first daughter <clears throat> I had in January of 2018. She is now three years old. God, how time flies. Oh, it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane uh, to... Witness time go by and measure that time going by through how old your kid is. I don't know. It's just a, it's a very weird experience. Anyway, I had her in January of 2018. She was overdue by two days. Um, some interesting things, I guess, surrounding my labor with her. I was super sick. And by super sick, I mean I had, like, the worst stomach bug. I have ever experienced in my entire life. My water broke with her at 40 weeks and two days. I was running up the stairs um, because I had to both puke and poop at the same time. And as I'm running up the stairs, my water broke. And I was so sick that when I felt the liquid coming down my leg, I was truly not confident as to which hole it came out of. Okay? Like fucking sick. It was horrible. So I get upstairs and I'm like, that was definitely my vagina, not my butthole. I noticed that at that point there was meconium in the fluid. Um, I had not been eating or drinking for over a week at that point. Like anything, literally anything that touched my lips, like induced vomit immediately it was disgusting. I will spare you the details, but um, I think that she figured out that mm, maybe something's going on here and maybe I should get the fuck out while the getting's good. So my water broke. My husband, of course, had just left uh, to go get a haircut 45 minutes away. He's like, this is going to be my last haircut for a while. Let me go do this. Also, I was enjoying a nice leisurely Saturday morning. I'm like, this is going to be my last Saturday morning childless for the rest of my life. Like, let me enjoy this. I was trying to. I was laying on the couch. Nature called. I ran up the stairs to try and get myself to a bathroom before I destroyed the hardwood floors in my house. And my water broke. Called my husband in a panic. I was like, oh, my God. There is meconium in the fluid. My contractions are not starting. I was literally having a panic attack. And I don't use that word lightly because I don't have panic attacks. I am not an anxious person. I have never had panic attacks. It's just not something I'm familiar with. And I was ha I was like hyperventilating. I was like, call the doctor. There's something wrong. So he comes flying home. He's like, of course. I'm about to sit down in the chair. I'm like, this is not about you. And like, you know, of course, I was being hysterical. And he calls the doctor and does all the things. Three-way calls me with the midwife. And we're talking and blah, 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 blah. She's like, okay, why don't you come in? So it's a Saturday at the hospital I delivered at. Um, you have to go in through emergency on the weekends for labor and delivery. And guys, hot tip, pro tip, if you are ever in desperate need of urgent care, go, stuff a, a basketball under your shirt, go to the emergency room and tell them that your water broke and you're going into labor with a baby. 
I have never seen these fucking people move faster. Ma'am, right this way. Let me show you our back entrance. You know, this is where Britney Spears comes in. And this is where this is where we usher in all the A-list celebrities. There's like some back hall tunnel thing that takes you right where you need to go. You get a security guard escort, which I'm sure is exactly what Britney Spears got. Just kidding. Britney Spears is not at, my, at this hospital. I'm just saying if she was. This is the level of treatment that you would get. You get there, you tell them, whatever. They whisk you away to, to labor and delivery. And you talk to this wonderful woman who I... Like, usually people... I will say this is the one exception. Usually people in labor and delivery units are, like, the nicest human beings on the face of the planet. You know those people who are just, like, wonderful? They're just wonderful. I don't know. I don't have another word to describe them. They're just fucking wonderful people. This ain't that bitch. The person you talk to first fills out all your paperwork with you. And when I say does not move with purpose, this woman could not have given a fuck less that I was about to have a baby. And I'm not saying it was me. I'm saying I think this is how she approaches her job in general. Um, she could not have given a fuck less. And I mean that truly. She was like literally checking her nails. She's typing on the computer, not saying where I'm like, are you going to hand me a pen so I can write down my name and social security number and then go talk to a bitch who cares? Like she could not have given a fuck less. Fill out all my information, whatever. Finally, I see a nurse. They put you in triage, whatever. Um, I'm telling my doctor who actually the doctor on call that day happened to be the same doctor that I saw, you know, monthly for my checkups or at least once or twice. I had a midwife for my checkups and also for my delivery, which was a wonderful choice for me. And I will get to that part in a little bit. Um, but I saw an OBGYN and they do your check and they, you know, do all the things. Yes, your definitely, your water is definitely broken. Um, we need to get your contractions going. There's definitely meconium in the fluid, so on and so forth. So they try misoprostol, which for those of you who don't know, it's colloquially named the abortion pill because it doesn't matter if you are it's, – it's an off-label use for the medication. I actually forget what the on-label use is. But they determined that a side effect of this drug, it didn't matter if you were five weeks pregnant or you were 40 weeks pregnant – um, it will expel pretty much what is ever, whatever is in your uterus. It will start your contractions, theoretically anyway. doesn't happen all the time or doesn't work all the time. Um, and theoretically, it will get the labor process going and we can progress from there. It did not work for me. Uh, we continued with this charade for, I would say, a good, I don't know, four or five hours. Now, it was probably longer than that, six or seven hours. And they decided that at some point, because I was so severely dehydrated, because remember, I had been spewing liquid from every, every orifice of my body for the last week. I was so severely dehydrated that they needed to, one, now start an IV of fluids, which I was terrified of. I chose to have natural births, not in any small part, because I am terrified. And I mean terrified of IVs. I don't know why. I can do shots. I have tattoos. But having blood taken, I passed the fuck out, literally. So my first blood draw of this pregnancy, my first pregnancy, I passed out on the table. My husband, God bless him, so calm and cool in a crisis situation. He's like, I thought you were dead. I thought the baby died. I thought that we were going to have to bury your ass. Like, I, I thought it was game fucking over. I literally passed it on the table from having my blood taken. It is just not an enjoyable experience for me. Um, so an IV, you can imagine, is like times a factor of 10. I was terrified. So whatever, she starts an IV. It's you know, fine, it is what it is. I'm like, I can't look at it. I can't see it. She tapes my hand. I look like a burn victim because I have like this mitt on my hand. She like taped it and there's gauze and there's all kinds of stuff. Can't use my hand. Fine. Pump me full of liquid. They also start um, Pitocin because my contractions are not starting. I had meconium in the fluid. We are now on a timetable. They will section you. They will give you a C-section within 24 hours. If your water breaks and you have meconium in the fluid, every hospital policy is totally different. I suggest that you ask your midwife or your nurse practitioner or your OBGYN what their delivering hospital's policy is for that. Everyone is a little bit different. So my hospital is 24 hours. The C-section was worst possible scenario for me. 
when I say I was terrified of an IV, I was just terrified isn't the word. I don't know what the word is for having a major surgery, cut through my abdomen, cut through all my muscles, take out the baby, stitch me back up. I was not, for me, that just like, I, I couldn't even bear the thought of it. So they start the Pitocin. We're now, I don't know, seven hours into this ordeal. We start the Pitocin. They move me into a delivery room. And I don't know now, it's probably somewhere in the realm of midnight. All of this started probably around 1 p.m. And I try and sleep. Shift change happens. New nurse comes in. She's a real bitch. I don't know what it is about overnight nurses. The second one I had, excuse me, with my second daughter was a gem. Like the most wonderful person I've ever met in my whole life. This bitch, the first time around, sucked. She fucking sucked. You know those people who like talk to you, they're trying to like tell you something, a statement, but they're like, their tone is like a question. It's like, okay, and now we're going to feel around your belly. Okay. And they're just like so condescending. I was like, I swear to God, if I had use of my right hand right now, I would knock you the fuck out. She was so irritating. I will never forget it. It was like one of like the most scarring things to happen to me while I was at this hospital. Anyway, she comes in, this wonderful lady, every 45 minutes, wakes me up, checks my cervix. Not every 45 minutes, but like, you know, once every, I don't know. Actually, I don't think I had a cervical check. No, I didn't have a cervical check during the night because they try and not, they try not to do that. Once your water breaks, there's a much higher chance of infection being introduced when they're doing excessive cervical checks. They try not to do that. Um, so I don't think I had a cervical, I think I had a cervical check at like midnight and they didn't have one until the next morning. So the night goes on every half an hour, hour they come in, they, you know, to ask me about my contractions, they wake me up, take my blood pressure, be the assholes that they had to be. I get it. I understand. And they up my Pitocin dose. Pitocin, lovely, lovely drug. And by lovely, I mean fucking horrible. It makes your contractions so much more painful, so much more intense, so much more acute, I guess is the word. Um, it was just, and it just makes you feel like shit. Like, I don't know how else to say it. I had it with actually with both of my deliveries for different reasons. This one was to start my labor. I'll get into the reason with the second one later, but um, it was horrible. So, you know, they come in every hour, whatever. Um, 7 a.m. rolls around, shift change. Finally, the good people come on the floor. My nurse midwife was, her name was Catherine Parr. Catherine, if you're listening to this, I sincerely hope you're not, but if you are, I love you so much. I literally almost named my daughter after you. You and the RN that you were working with that day, her name was Julie. This bitch saved my life. Between Julie and Catherine, I was going to name my kid Julie Catherine. I swear to God. Catherine Parr comes on the floor. Julie comes into my room, and I'm like, okay. Y'all need to tell me what's going on. I knew I was under the gun. I knew we had a certain time that we needed to get things done by. So they go up in through Mahuha, and they swirl their fingers around a little bit. If you've ever had this done, you know it is not a pleasant experience. It is one of the most painful experiences. Well, painful exceedingly uncomfortable is what I'm going to call it. They check me and I'm having serious contractions at this point. Like things are getting very intense. Um, she's like, you are two centimeters dilated. I'm like, go fuck yourself. There is no way. Check it again. She's like, you're two centimeters dilated. I'm like, that is not the news I was hoping for. Like absolutely not the news. I was like, you're Definitely going to be somewhere on five, maybe six. Things are really starting to pick up. Two. Two centimeters. Okay. So at this point, I'm pissed. I'm also still puking. Super fun. Really great combination, I have to say. You're extremely pissed off, and you're still spewing vomit everywhere. It's a really great thing. Julie. This is where Julie comes into the picture. She could see the look of devastation on my face. I was like, this is not happening to me what the fuck? Why is my body not 
figuring this out. She goes, look, order yourself some breakfast. Catherine had left the room. Julie goes, order yourself some breakfast. Get whatever you want. After that, you and I are going to hop in the shower, and then we're going to go for a walk. Dad, go sleep in the corner. (laughs) They had rolled out the cot for my husband, who I have to say is a phenomenal labor partner. Like the best. Knows what I need, advocates for me, gets me water, like does all the things. Amazing. He is an amazing labor partner. I was I was truly blown away. Anyway, dad, go sleep in the corner. Mom, get yourself some breakfast. Get up, get in the shower. And you and I are going to go for a walk. We're going to hit the streets, as she said. I was like, yes, bitch. Like, let's fucking do this. I get breakfast. I get in the shower. By the time breakfast gets there, I'm like, I don't even want this shit. Like, I am not hungry. I felt like crap. Like, I was I was just not having any part of what was going on. She's like, that's a good sign. That means you're going into labor. I was like, really? She's like, yes, really. Get out of bed. Let's go. So me and my nine-month pregnant belly and Julie the saint, whatever her last name is, in my Pitocin drip, go walking up and down the halls. And I've got to tell you, the second that I got out of bed and started walking around, that shit picked up. All of a sudden, we're walking up and down the halls and I'm stopping every, I don't know, five or six minutes having contractions. She's like, okay, breathe, do all the things. And I'm like, this is horrible. This hurts so, so bad. I, people ask me all the time when I tell them like I had two unmedicated births and by unmedicated, I mean without pain medication. Obviously I had Pitocin and that was not a part of the original plan, but it ended up being necessary. Um, People ask me all the time, what does a contraction feel like? I'm like, I can't, I can't explain it. It is the worst pain I have ever, ever, ever felt. But the thing about contractions, and if anybody is listening to this who is thinking about having a natural labor, having a natural labor is about mind over matter, period, period. You can practice all of the, uh, what is it, spinning babies or uh, what's the other one? There's like a meditative mantra something. I'm like, that's all cool. And if that's what gets you through, then that's what gets you through. But it is about mind over matter. I went into my first delivery saying that there is no other option. I'm not getting an epidural. It's not going to happen. Come what may, we are going to get this baby out. I want to feel what I'm doing. I didn't want an epidural. You think I'm scared of an IV? Having a a needle, a catheter go into my back in between my spine, not something I was super interested in. Hell no. Keep that shit to yourself, Mr. Anesthesiologist. I don't want any part of it. So I said to myself, I was like, I don't give a shit what happens. I am not getting an epidural. And that's what the fuck I did. You need to go in. if If that is your desire as well, to have an unmedicated birth, You need to go into it saying, I am not getting an epidural. I am not doing it. And also, when bitch-ass Harriet the nurse comes into your room and is like, you know what would make you feel a lot better? An epidural. It's like, Harriet, you need to get the fuck out of my room. I don't want an epidural. Be forceful. Don't be an asshole. I'm not telling you to tell her to go fuck herself. Don't be an asshole. But be forceful. Say, listen. That is not something I'm interested in doing. Please do not ask me again. I feel like you're pressuring me to do something that I don't want to do. You're pressuring me into a medical decision, making a medical decision that I do not want to do. I am not in the right headspace to make that. I came into this this experience saying that that was not something that was going to be a part of it. And that is that. If you have a problem with that, I would like a new nurse. And every hospital will give you a new nurse. I promise you that. Contractions suck. They feel like the worst cramps you have ever had in your entire life. And honestly, that makes them sound mild. They're not mild. Contractions have a start. 
they have a peak, they have an end, and then you get a break. If you can keep that in your mind, you can get through labor. When you get to the point where you're like, I can't do this shit anymore, it's time. It's almost time to start pushing. I guarantee you that you are like eight, nine centimeters. You got to get through like another 40 minutes and you'll be ready to go. Pushing is, in my opinion, much easier than the actual labor process, but we'll get there. So me and Julie are walking up and down the halls. I am pausing five to six minutes apart for contractions and they are getting intense. Not so intense that I couldn't, you know, walk through them or I couldn't, you know, do some kind of movement through them, but they are getting intense, that's for sure. So after 45 minutes, we get back to the room, she gets me in bed and, you know, we try a different position. I was laying on my back before, she's like, why don't you like lean over the back of the bed um, and, you know, try and like almost like on all fours, but inclined, right? Like your arms are over the back of the bed. You're all kind of kneeling, but you're also kind of declined. It's like a different position. Feels phenomenal. Pressure is taken off your back. You can move your hips. I highly recommend that position for laboring if, if you don't want to be on your back. Totally fine. Um, she, my husband's sleeping in the corner. Like the bitch that he is. I'm just kidding. He needed to sleep. He was up all night talking to the nurses, doing all the things. He was very actively engaged in the overnight escapades that had ensued. So now he's sleeping in the corner. And the nurse gets me in bed. She leaves. And maybe, maybe three minutes go by. And I am now screaming in pain. Like screaming. Um... My contractions picked up in a way, it, sh- it shocked the entire floor. They're like, you were just able to move not five minutes ago, and now it sounds like someone is murdering you. And that's truly what it felt. The best way I can describe it is that there is something inside of you that wants to get out. It's like an alien situation. There's something in your body that's like, Wah! get me the fuck out of here and it's literally trying to crawl out of your body it's now I don't know 1 p.m. we had walked up and down the halls gotten breakfast shout yeah it's probably like 1 p.m. Julie comes running back in she's like literally says to me she's like I just left you are you okay what is going on I'm like I am not okay something is happening whatever I don't remember what I said I fucking blacked out at this point gets on the phone calls down to the front desks has a midwife come in. She's like, I need a check on this on this patient. Uh, it sounds like she's in very active labor. We need someone to come in here and check her. Catherine Parr comes back in. Lay down. She gives me a cervical check. She's like, you are nine centimeters dilated. I went from two to nine centimeters in like, I don't know, four hours five hours. Nobody thought that was going to happen. I progressed from one to two centimeters in the past 12. I went from two to nine in like four or five. And that was because I got out of bed and I walked around. You cannot walk around. You cannot move your body when you have an epidural. I am not demonizing an epidural. Just about everybody I know who has had children got an epidural and they're like, it was the best thing to do. Great. If that is what you want to do, absolutely get it. It is a wonderful labor tool if you, if you feel it's right for you. For me, I needed to get up and walk. My labors would not have progressed in the way that they did had I not been able to do that. And they would have 100% ended up with a C-section. And I would have had to have C-sections for the duration, for the remaining pregnancies, however many I had. My second, my third, my fourth, my fifth, whatever. The reason I didn't, the reason I didn't have to have a C-section was because I didn't have an epidural. Period. Point blank period. Again, not demonizing epidurals. That's just what it was. After that, shit moved pretty quick. Catherine came in. She's like, okay, we're going to get ready uh, for delivery. You're almost there. 
Another 20 minutes go by. She's like, okay, you're 10 centimeters dilated. Dad, grab a foot. Let's push. Because there were there was meconium in the fluid, they also had like a, the whole NICU team in the room while I was delivering this child. Um, they're always there on standby in these situations to make sure that, you know, the baby didn't inhale any of the meconium. There is no need for further intervention with your kid. Um, so on and so forth. So I think I pushed for like 45 minutes which is really good for your first kid. Um, Typically, they say the first child, the pushing period, is usually like one to three hours. For me, it was 45 minutes because I could feel what I was doing. When I, when, so you're going to, so when you push, right, when you're pushing out a baby, you are pushing with a contraction, So when you're able to feel those contractions and the wave of that contraction, you're able to push, and in my opinion, a much more effective way. And I truly credit the fact that I didn't have an epidural with the effectiveness of which I pushed out this kid. took me 45 minutes. I did not tear at all. I had nothing. I had no vaginal destruction happen. It was wonderful. My recovery time was zero. I was up walking around the next day. We left in like record time. There was no further medical intervention needed. It was great. I pushed for 45 minutes. My daughter was born. The NICU team checked her out. Everything was fine. And they left us the fuck alone. I didn't have an epidural that needed to be taken out. I did have the Pitocin. Um which they removed almost immediately after. I did need to stay on fluids for a little while longer, which sucked because I was already so swollen and pumping me full of all of those fluids did not help. It was horrible. It was so puffy and just like, it was, it was bad. It sucked, but whatever. They took out the IV eventually with the fluids once I stopped puking and everything was great. I had the best experience with my natural delivery. And by natural delivery, again, I mean without pain medication. Obviously, the Pitocin was not ideal. That sucked um, for many reasons. Pain reasons. It made me feel like shit. It made my contractions a lot stronger and more painful. Wasn't a great experience, but it had to be done, and I fully understand why. I went into this experience really being against the epidural for the ways I just explained. Um, And I'm so glad I didn't get it. I think it was the one thing that made the biggest, biggest difference. Um, I did have the gas, like the nitrous oxide gas, for a few minutes there. Um, That doesn't take any of the pain away. It It just fucks you up. If you honestly, honestly, and... um. You know, not that you would do this, but if you were to do this, but nobody would do this because it'd be super irresponsible. Uh, If you get to the hospital and you're having a baby, just tell them you want the nitrous um, and just like try a hit of it once. It really, it feels like you've had like like a glass or two of wine and you just feel great for like 20 seconds and then it wears off and there's no issue. It doesn't like, you know, block oxygen to your brain or to your baby. No real downside to it. I've got to say, take a hit of it if you get there. It is excellent. Anyway, um, I did that for a couple of minutes. I, I was too, like, I, I, it was a few times I used it, and then I got rid of it because it's cumbersome. You have the mask. You, you gotta, like, It's just, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, that's how my first child was born. It was, a, like I said, a wonderful experience, and... I truly credit it to the fact that I didn't have an epidural. I had such a great experience, such a great recovery. Um, I Like I said, I didn't tear. I didn't have any kind of need for further medical intervention. We left the hospital. Everything was right as rain. Great time. Q18 months later, and my second daughter is ready to be born. Oh, this one is funny, actually. So my second daughter was born in July, the very end of July of 2019. 
I was 41 weeks and one day pregnant. So she was eight days late. Eight. In the hottest recorded summer that I swear I have ever experienced. It was horrendous. And the heat plus having a toddler crawling all over. It was the end of my second child's pregnancy was scarring. And I I know I sound dramatic and maybe I am being a little dramatic, but goddamn, it was scarring. I my mom's birthday is at the beginning of July. We went to the Cape for a day. And prior to that, I had not left the house in 3 weeks, and after that, I didn't leave the house until that baby was born. I was I wanted nothing to do with how hot it was outside. It was horrible. Anyway, she was eight days late. Um, she was born on July 28th. My contractions started with her on July 26th at about 3 in the morning. I was in labor with this child for no joke 48 hours. 48 hours. I also delivered her with no pain medication. I ended up having to have Pitocin, but after the delivery for a different reason, which we will get to. July 26th, 3 a.m., my contractions start. They're very mild, um, not painful at all, very, you know, very easy. Didn't disturb my, well, it disturbed my sleep. They woke me up just because it was something different than just a pillow between my legs that I was feeling. So they woke me up 3 a.m. For the first 24 hours, they were extremely inconsistent. But towards the end of the first 24 hours, going into the morning of the 27th, they started to become more painful. I would say probably 20 hours in, they started to become more painful. But the thing that sucked is that even the night before on the 26th, they were interrupting my sleep. So I was not getting like actual sleep. They would wake me up. They would start. They would stop. They would start. They would stop. But they would wake me up and it really sucked. Actually, it was pisses me off thinking about it. Anyway. Morning of the 27th, things are really starting to pick up. I had, a, I remember I had a doctor's appointment that day. I had a non-stress test because I was a week overdue. Um, and, you know, I called my, I'm like, this is definitely going to be the day. Like once things started picking up with my first kid, things went very quickly. And I was like, okay, this is definitely going to be the day. My mom and came and picked up our, our toddler. And me and my husband, it's a Saturday. We you know, okay, this is good. This is it. We're going to, we're going to have a baby today. We get in the car. We go to my doctor's appointment. They are, you know, doing the stress test. I am actively contracting. It is extremely painful at this point. And, um, you know, they're like, okay, well, clearly you're, you're having some discomfort. That generally means that you are in labor or at least heading into labor. Let's do a cervical check on you. Okay, great. So while I'm at the doctor, they do a cervical check. I am four centimeters dilated. Great. Almost halfway there. We do the stress test. We leave. And my husband and I decide that we are going to get this baby out. We are determined. So my husband, being the brilliant man that he is, like I said earlier, it was the hottest fucking July since Nam. I swear to God, it was a billion degrees outside and here I am nine plus months pregnant and my husband is like, we're going to go hiking. Hiking. We have a wildlife sanctuary next to our, near our old house and he's like, let's go, honey. Let's pack up all your things, get your pregnant ass out on the trail, try and shake that baby loose. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, what else am I going to do? What am I just going to go home and sit on my ass and like wait for my contractions to get worse? No. So I get my water bottle. I get a cool towel. I wrap it around my neck and we go for this hike. And it was like a two hour long excursion through this beautiful wildlife reserve. And naturally, other nature enthusiasts are there. There are people 
all up and through this shit. And I, <clears throat> nine months pregnant, am drawing lots of attention because number one, I'm enormous. And number two, people are thinking, what in the fuck is this bitch doing out here? Uh, anyone who has had a child knows that uh, literally, I, I think most people would probably rather join Al Qaeda than go on a hike in 95 degree weather, nine plus months pregnant. So like, what the fuck is this bitch doing here? And number three, I am stopping at every tree having contractions, moaning, like rocking back. Like I look insane. They're like, what are you doing here? Are we going to have to have this bitch med flighted out? Like what is happening? I was scaring people, like actually scaring people. And my husband is just like, just keep walking folks. Nothing to see here. Just keep it going. Keep it moving. He was literally like directing traffic. And I am like Yogi the bear hugging this tree. Just like, God fucking take me. This sucks. It was horrible. So we go on our little excursion, whatever. Um, <clears throat> we had called the midwife the night before because my contractions had started and they had started really picking up. But she's like, listen, we don't have any beds available. Um, I'm on call all weekend. I'll be here if you need me. We don't have any beds available right now. It sounds like you're not really, you know, in active labor yet. Why don't you try and get some sleep? So that was the night before. I woke up that morning. My mom came, picked up the baby. We went to the doctors. We went on a hike. Okay. The hike ends. And we're like, we're kid-free. Like, what should we do? I'm also actively contracting. So, you know, there's that. But why let a little uh, impending labor rain on the parade? We're like, oh, we're going to have a fun, kidless day. This is going to be so great. So where would you guys go? Right. The Cheesecake Factory. So we go to the Cheesecake Factory. We sit at the bar. The Cheesecake Factory. My husband insists I order the spiciest shit on the menu. I get three dinners. Three dinners. And I, at this point, am mortified. I look like the most stereotypical pregnant bitch just like ordering I'll take one of everything on the menu thank you we're at the cheesecake factory yeah this menu is 40 pages long yeah I want one of everything this guy brings out the food and it fills the entire table and I am still actively contracting except now I'm at a bar with people trying to have a good ass time and I am in this booth like with my head down like moaning and saying, there are people right next to me. We're sitting in the bar. People at the at the high tops are now looking at us. My husband's like, it's fine, don't worry. They're like, ma'am, blink twice if this man is abusing you. Like it was it was just such a funny juxtaposition. My husband's happy as as a pig and shit. And I am sitting here looking like I want to kill myself because honestly I kind of did at this point. It really sucked. Um, so we finish up our lovely meal at the Cheesecake Factory. We make everybody in the place nervous. Surprise, no one called the cops. Luckily, there were no Karens in the bar. So we proceed on to our next destination. My contractions at this point were, they were pretty long. I would say that they were like 90 seconds long. Some of them were lasting for like two minutes. But they were like 20 minutes apart. Not consistent. Some were like 10, some were 20, some were 15. They were all over the place, right? And that's like one of the things is before you go to the hospital, you have to make sure your contractions are a certain length for a certain amount of time. And they've been that way, uh, you know, for a consistent period of time. It's usually an hour. So we're like, well, I guess we're still not ready. Let's uh, let's continue with this with this baby palooza train. And we'll, let's let's go to the movies. That's a good place to uh, to really to kick things up a notch. So the live action Lion King had just come out and naturally I was like, I'm not going to the movies unless we see Lion King. My husband was pissed, but I didn't care. You dragged me to the Cheesecake Factory. I'm going to make you go see the fucking Lion King. To be honest with you, I didn't really want to see the Lion King. It was just kind of the only thing playing. So we went and saw the Lion King. We went to this theater where they serve, like, booze and food and whatever. You buy the tickets in advance, the seats recline, all the things, right? <clears throat> we get to the movie theater. Again, I'm scaring the shit out of everybody in the popcorn line. I was, like, clutching this bag of popcorn during a contraction. I think I, like, 
I, I made the woman in front and behind me like very, very, very uncomfortable because she could see like something was very clearly happening. When someone is having a contraction, like you can tell there are signs like they don't look like they're having a good fucking time. They look like they're about to commit a homicide. It's not fun. And honestly, they are capable of crimes against humanity at this point. So homicide is is pretty fitting. So we get into the theater. We find our seats. And you know what? I'm in labor and I make noises, right? I'm doing weird things. I don't want the woman sitting directly next to me to be nervous or to think I'm blowing my husband in the middle of a children's film. Let me explain to this woman what is going on so she doesn't get any kind of weird ideas. I tap her on the shoulder. She was probably my age. I would say she was, I don't know, late 20s. Shit-faced. Absolutely fucking wrecked. So I tap this woman on the shoulder and she's just like, I'm like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I just want to let you know um, I'm clearly pregnant. I just want to let you know that I am in labor. So if you hear any weird things happening over here... Nothing weird is actually happening. I'm probably just working through a contraction. I apologize if it gets to be too much. Like, we're going to leave. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's totally fine. I have nieces and nephews. We, like, we want a baby. And she, like, used this as, like, a really awkward way to, like, position to this dude. Like, look, she's having a baby. Maybe we should have a baby. I'm like... Uh, this is not happening to me right now. Like, this is a joke. And this conversation lasted literally five minutes, and I had a contraction in the middle of it. And she's like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and she's, like, trying to coach me through the contraction. She's like, okay, it's okay, just breathe. I'm like, bitch, I swear to God, I swear on this child's life, if you don't shut the fuck up, I am going to kick you in the vagina and I'm sitting down you're sitting down excuse me I'm going to stand up and stomp you in the vagina shut the fuck up hammered horrible horrible so throughout the course of the movie I am still contracting things are getting much more intense they're getting much more closer together and because it's the Lion King and because it was such a nostalgic film there were very iconic parts in the movie that everybody who is my age immediately recognizes. Mufasa dies. Scar and the hyenas, they do their dance and shit. And at every single one of these points, this bitch turns to me and she goes, do you remember that from the original? I'm like, yes, it's why I'm here. I'm here Because I saw the original and it was such an iconic part of my childhood. I wanted to see it recreated in 2019. Yes, I remember. Thank you for pointing it out for the 45th time. So it's like, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. This is absolutely like my worst fucking nightmare. The movie ends. I actually think her boyfriend passed out. The lights came on and everyone's exiting the theater and she was like jostling him. Um, I didn't stop to look or take notes because I was like, I get the fuck out of here and I need to go home. Like things are getting real, real loud at this point and um, this baby was coming and I could tell. So we get home <clears throat> after having our, our wonderful excursion through town Um I get home, we call the midwife again, and she's like, you know what, it still sounds like you're kind of in early stages, things are very far apart, we explained to her what was going on, try and get some sleep, this has been going on for 24 hours now, you know, we talked yesterday and it sounded like you weren't getting great sleep, so try and get as much rest as you can, um, because obviously at some point you're going to have to deliver this baby. Understood, sound advice, brilliant. So it's like 8 p.m., I go upstairs and I try and sleep. My husband's like, Gina, I'm going to stay down here so you can get some rest and I'll keep the TV real low. So if you need me, um, I'll probably hear you screaming because our bedroom was like right on top of the living room. Or actually it was like kind of on top of the kitchen, but close, whatever. We had a very small condo. He could have heard me. So I pass out. I wake up. It must have been... I wake up around like 11.30 or 12 and 
I am now screaming in agony. It was exceptionally painful. Um, my contractions at this point were still 20 minutes apart, but they were extremely intense and they were lasting for like a solid two minutes. Uh, and they were coming very regularly. Um, so I kind of labored at home for a while. I would say probably for the next hour, hour and a half. Finally, my husband comes up. He's like, what do you want to do? It sounds like you're in a lot of pain. I was like, we have to go to the hospital. This baby is coming. It is now July 28th at like 1 a.m. So I'm getting up. I'm getting all my things together. We leave the house. It's probably, I don't know, 120, 1.30. <clears throat> we leave, we get to the hospital, it's probably two. Having contractions the whole way. My husband having a grand old time. My husband gets so pumped up to have a baby. Like, this is his Super Bowl. Like, this is, he knows, like, how good he is in this situation. And he uses the car ride to the hospital to, like, pump himself up. So this is, like, right when the, um, the Lizzo song came out. You know, the one I sang in the other episode. I sound like a fucking psycho. Um... I, what is it? You know what I'm talking about. Whatever. He's singing the song. He's doing things. We're driving through uh, the towns that we live in. We're getting to this hospital. I get on the phone with this nurse practitioner or she was a midwife or whoever. The hospital I delivered at was like a, a, like a, a system. So there were many hospitals in this system. I was like, hey, I'm going to this hospital. Um... I just want to let you guys know I'm going in through emergency. She's like, no, don't go in through emergency. Go here. I'm like, no, I'm going to this hospital. I understand you're in Boston, but I'm not in Boston. She just like couldn't fucking get it. So I hung up the phone, like literally hung up on her and walked in through emergency. Like I knew I was supposed to. And uh, I am very, very, very actively in labor now. And we leave all our bags in the car and we just get into, into emergency. And it's the worst system in the world. Yet again, I meet another Harriet. She's trying to like take down all my information. I'm signing my life away. Yes, your husband has the right to terminate your life. Should you fall into a coma? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care at this point. Like you're in so much pain. None of it matters. She finally calls upstairs and she's just like, um, we have a woman down here uh, who is coming in to deliver a child. She seems active. I'm like, okay, active. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. So the lady from labor and delivery comes downstairs. I'm walking. She's like, do you want a wheelchair? I'm like, no. I stop every five steps to have a contraction. Things are getting very bad at this time. <clears throat> I get upstairs. I get to triage. And they're like, yes, you're absolutely in labor. Okay, move this lady right along. They do like an ultrasound. They put, you know, the monitors on you. And, um, yeah. Everything is is ready, good to go. And I get into the labor and delivery room. The midwife, oh, I think her name was Helen. She was a doll. She was an absolute gem. The nurse, I didn't get her name. I could kick myself in the ass for it. She was incredible. She's like, I love my job so much. You have no idea how happy I am to be here tonight to do this with you. I'm like, oh my God, bitch. Like, I love you. We are going to get along so great. She was so positive and so wonderful and just like a saintly human. I, oh God, I wish I, I wish I knew what her name was. I'm sure it's in my chart somewhere and I can figure it out. But we get into the delivery room, whatever, everything's set up. They had checked me um, just when I had come in, like, you know, 25 minutes ago. And I think it was only at, like, six centimeters. And they're like, okay, it's probably going to be a little while. So my husband and I are talking. They get everything set up. They get the monitors hooked up and, you know, all the things. And my husband's like, you know what, you know, we left all the bags in the car. I'm like, yes, we did, sir. And he's like... Um, I know how much you love your snacks. I pack a full bag of snacks. Hot tip. If you're going in for to have a baby, pack a full, I literally pack a full carry-on of snacks. I go so hard because hospital food sucks dick. Horrible. It's it's horrendous. I don't even know how they how they are able to serve that shit to people. It's horrible. So I bring a ton 
of snacks with me. So he's like, honey, I know how much you love your snacks and how much you're going to want them after that baby comes. And I am not going to leave after you have this child. So either I go now or I go, you know, like tomorrow sometime or, you know, way, 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 way later. I'm like, you know what? No, go now. Like I, they just checked me. I'm only six centimeters. Go. It's fine. He leaves, goes down the elevator, goes outside, whatever. I roll onto my side, my left side, and not 10 minutes after, I don't even think it was 10 minutes after, five to 10 minutes after my husband leaves the room, I roll over to my left side, and all of a sudden, I have these three back to back to back crazy contractions I feel this child drop into my pelvis I literally felt it she like came right through my stomach into my pelvis my water exploded all over the room I'm in here with this nurse and she is screaming for people, delivery, emergency. I am like, what? Oh my God, what is happening? I throw my phone at her. She's like, okay, breathe. She's trying to coach me through it, being wonderful. I am squeezing this woman's hand so hard. She literally had to peel my fingers off of her hand and like, hold, like use her other hand to hold my hands. I am like, just crushing this woman's skeleton right now with the amount of pressure I'm putting on her. I throw my phone at her. I'm like, tell my husband, text him. I can't, he can't miss this. I'm like, oh my God. So he, I throw my phone at her. The, the midwife comes rushing in I'm like, okay, meconium in the fluid, another meconium baby. She was eight days late. Of course there was meconium in the fluid. They prep me. They do all the things. The nurse texts my husband he gets it while like he's in the elevator coming back up and the text reads fully in pushing. And he's like, what the f I just left. How, how is this possible? When it happens, it happens. It happens so quickly. I went from six to 10 centimeters in 40 minutes. Maybe I don't even think it was that long. Um, they, he runs in the room. He literally throws the bags across the room, grabs a leg and two pushes later, this child was out. He almost missed the birth of our second kid. This kid shot out of me, like shot out of me. Um, again, I didn't have an epidural. And at this point I didn't have any kind of holes in me. I didn't have an IV. I had nothing. Uh, everything was great. Um, I pushed, I could feel everything I was doing again, didn't tear, no vaginal destruction. Everything was wonderful, fully intact. The way I came in was the way I left. Everything was perfect, except because I had been in labor for two days, literally 48 hours. And my uterus was so exhausted from contracting so much. I was uh, hemorrhaging blood. I was not clotting. Essentially, when the placenta detaches from the uterus, the placenta is the thing that feeds your kid, right? It's how your baby is connected to you and how it gets all its nutrients. When it detaches from the uterus, it is essentially leaving a scab. Um, but your uterus contracts, contracts, and contracts back down. That's why they push on your stomach worst pain ever. They push on your stomach to make sure that things are like firming up and things are going back together because they don't want you to lose all of that blood from an open wound essentially in your uterus. And because my uterus was so exhausted, it was not contracting. I was continuing to hemorrhage blood. Um, so it was, you know, at this point I didn't, I felt totally fine. Like I wasn't lightheaded. I wasn't, you know, this or like, I felt totally fine. Um, but they kept like, they have to push on your stomach after the delivery to make sure that everything is out and it's like disgusting and all kinds of like tar like things come out of you. Um, but things weren't stopping in the way that they needed them to. There was just like more and more blood. So 
it was at this point they had discussed a few options and my husband, again, being the wonderful labor and delivery partner that he is, was fully advocating for me because I was out of it. I was like, I had just had a baby. I'm trying to breastfeed this thing. I'm like, you know, just not, you know, I'm not in this conversation, right? I probably should have been, but I wasn't. So my husband was there and he's just like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, we had talked about it with the last one and we decided against it and we ended up trying it and we didn't like whatever it was. So we're like, okay, well, then we're going to have to start a Pitocin drip. I'm like, are you kidding me? I made it through this whole experience with no holes in my body outside of the ones that I was born with. Now you want to fucking poke a hole in my hand? I'm like, you know what? I don't even give a shit. Whatever. Put the Pitocin in. Like, let's get this uterus snatched back together. They put the Pitocin in, and once you start a Pitocin drip, you have to be in the hospital for 24 hours, which kind of sucked because um, we ended up being discharged early anyway, but we had to be there for an additional 24 hours, which was fine. So they put the Pitocin in. My second daughter came out perfectly healthy. Again, they had the NICU team there because there was meconium in the fluid. They just do a quick check, make sure that the lungs are clear. And that, you know, everything looks okay and that her color is okay and all the things. And she was totally fine. And like I said, my vagina was great. I had an even quicker recovery this time. Um, I did not tear at all. Again, I owe that fully to the fact that I did not have any kind of numbing agent dulling the sensation of birth. Is it extremely painful? Yes, Absolutely. I don't want anybody to lie to you. It's like, oh, you know, I don't like to use the word painful. I like to use the word intense. It's like it fucking hurts. Like there's no two ways about it. It is um, not an enjoyable experience. That's for damn sure. But it is truly and I mean truly mind over matter. If you go into believing that you can like this is what I did. I was like, you know what? Women have been doing this for millennia. Right, I feel like we are so conditioned as, I guess, 21st century people who live in a first world country to think that what you can't have a baby outside of a hospital. It's like, do you understand the human race would not have survived if having a baby wasn't like a natural life process? People have had babies in the desert. People have had babies in rivers. People have babies in forests. People have babies in the Arctic tundra, in igloos and shit, in the jungle, next to lions, also doing the same thing. Why am I any different? My body is exactly the same. It will do exactly the same thing. And, of course, there are extenuating circumstances that cannot be foreseen when it comes to birthing a child. And, you know, we are extremely fortunate, at least as Americans, to live in a country where we have this wonderful health care. And, um, you know, we're able to have excellent outcomes when it comes to complications during childbirth that may in other places lead to death or other ex extremely serious outcomes that are not favorable. Um, I, and I fully understand that. But for me, my attitude going is, is like, my body can do this. People have been doing this for millions of years. Um, what did we do before epidurals? Who knows? Probably nothing. Maybe they just like beat you over the head. They knocked you the fuck out. And when the baby came out, they just smacked you around again and you woke up. I have no idea what they did back in the Middle Ages. Like who the hell knows? They just got you shit faced. You ate some poppies in the Middle East. I have no idea. But I do know that a large majority of women have delivered babies naturally for ever. And I knew that I could do it, and I did it. And I would have never, I had two amazing experiences, absolutely amazing experiences. And I owe it to the fact that I didn't have an epidural, and I could feel what was going on, and I could move my body, and I could labor in different ways. Because had I been resigned to staying on my back and laying in a bed and not being able to move or feel anything, I would have had two C sections 100%. And that was my worst fear, and that was the thing I was trying to avoid, and I ended up being able to do that. So if you're thinking about going natural, 
Um, I highly recommend it. I am not going to sugarcoat it to you and say that it's easy, but you have to go into it with the mindset of this is what the fuck is going to happen and this is what the fuck I'm going to do and make sure that you research the hospital that you're, you're giving birth at and make sure that they are supportive of this birth plan. Um, and also try not to be super rigid with your birth plan. Things will happen. Like I said, I was not planning on having Pitocin, but it ended up being medically necessary for, you know, the best outcome for me and my kids. So that's what we did. But make sure you're researching your your practitioners, your OBGYNs, your midwives. If you can get a midwife, definitely go the midwife route. Um I feel that they are more inclined to look at birth as a natural life process, whereas OBGYNs, I don't know if people really know this, but they are a surgical specialty, and doctors in general are amazing people who are obviously saving lives every day, but they are also trained to find pathology. And they find pathology, in my opinion, sometimes where none exists because they are trying to check the boxes and make sure um, they are mitigating risk, which is something that obviously they should be doing. But when it comes to birth, if you're a healthy woman who, have had an un who has had an uncomplicated pregnancy, maybe they're a little overkill. Maybe they should be, you know, with the high-risk mom who, you know, has to deliver the baby via C-section after all this other shit happens. Maybe the doctor should be with her and maybe you could have a midwife who is pretty much just going to guide your baby out and catch it and make sure that things are okay. Um, but that's it for me this, this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed my, my stories. Um, like, and subscribe to the podcast, uh, rate us five stars. It really, really helps. We have had, like I said, some kind of crazy growth in the last couple of weeks against all odds. Like who the fuck would have thought? Um, maybe we'll have some guests in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll see. Um, but that's it guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Go follow us on Instagram. It's Gina Glazimitsky and at this is cheaper than therapy. And I will see you guys next week. Mwah.